Welcome, 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 everyone, to Afrolit episode hey, hey, hey. three. It made is it tres. very lit because we made it to episode three. Who would have thought? I guys? know, right? So yeah. once again, we have to thank you for your support thus far. I know over five listens, really. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you guys have no idea. Actually, like last time I checked, it was a hundred and seventy. Actually, we've had two hundred fans. Whoa! We've skyrocketed. Oh my past god! Two hundred souls. We've transcended all wow. types of expectations. I like we're this. Here. We're in these streets. Let's and take we over the world. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. With all that being said, today's episode is about careers. I know. Artistry, entrepreneurship, how to monetize your passion and your creativity. So when your aunties come over for the holidays and are asking you, so now what are you about to do after you're done? So they can properly <laughs> roast you for that communication degree that right? you got, you know? That, so you went to learn how to talk and you don't know how to talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Um, yeah. Side note, I'm currently coming at you from the tail end of a cold so i low-key sound yeah she's nasally trying to get me sick out here in these streets i really am it's because so... i can't suffer alone <laughs> <laughs> I you see this is the problem we have with africans <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into it echoa do tell how are you feeling I'm well. Yeah. Obviously, my week has been kind of intense. I got stuck in an elevator on Monday. (laughs) I recall you telling me. I know. I got stuck in an elevator. You know, that makes you think about life really quick. And um, yeah, I mean, no one really, like, someone came to save me, but it was like, I didn't even see them. It was like this unsung hero. So it was really, really cool. And then, uh, you know, some other work stuff has transpired, but I think that it was it was something that had to occur for me to learn that you have to, and this goes out to everyone who thinks or puts good intentions on Word. others, sign a contract, make a contract, sign Ooh, a contract. The importance of okay. contracts. We'll be discussing this today. Exactly. See, 2016 is the year of realizing things. I know. And Equa is in the midst of realizing things. So many things. But definitely this week was the importance of a contract, the importance of writing things down, Word. taking note of things, and asking, you know, asking the questions that you don't necessarily want to talk about like oh when are you gonna pay me <laughs> you know oh, yeah asking that question because I've, I've definitely been scammed i so know we're gonna go down that route of conversation definitely for sure definitely okay but how are you bobo how's everything um i'm flourishing and i'm thriving yeah i feel like december has been good to me that's because good. in general, 2016 tried to come for all my hair follicles, <laughs> but I prospered regardless <laughs> because I'm in 20. No, I'm not in 20. Actually, I am in 2017 because I just exist in my own <laughs> time space continuum. So I decided that 2016 ended in October. Wow. 
So for me, that was the end. <laughs> so she's um, been in 2017 for the past three months. Word, you guys need to catch up. Fam. You need wow. to catch now, up. Let's finish 2016 off. No, I need this week to be replenished yeah. with next week because next week is really nice holiday, Christmas, for those who are celebrating out there. True. Happy Merry Christmas once you're listening to this. And the full moon is in Gemini. So if you're wondering oh why the world is... <laughs> strange <laughs> why your energies are strange all why you're over. feeling all over the place it's just all of our gemini energies are radiating themselves onto you <laughs> it's true it's true and my week will definitely reflect that Dead. so thank you for this <laughs> astrology update but oh my gosh i should have an astrology update every time we record oh no <laughs> <laughs> wow just shit on all my yeah i know always always okay so let's just dive right into it let's start with the big questions of course you know i'm about that life i know let's start with passion and purpose i feel like this is (laughs) this is a question that everyone especially if you're a millennial oh yeah if you're in college or if you're going through your existential crisis. And your aunties from everywhere are like word. literally breathing down your throat. Oh my gosh. Or if you're an African yeah. and you just so happen to not be a doctor, engineer, lawyer, <laughs> or accountant. Honestly, though, I actually don't have that problem. But I shout out to those who like have the problem because so it's me. real. <laughs> yeah. We're actually going. Yeah, no, we, we actually will discuss this. Yes. Like, how has... Because I guess I was going to ask you how, because you're you're in this like artistic, yeah. but also entrepreneurial space. It's yes. not really a conventional career. No, it's not. And you don't go to a conventional school per se. Yeah, I left. I did at one point and then yeah. I left. Yeah. But you're also African. I know. <laughs> so what magic happened Honestly, so I went to the village and I remember meeting this one witch doctor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I legit was taking you I seriously. know you were. No, no. Honestly, it's just the strength that my mom has always had. And I think because of the family relationship that I have with her, but also right. the relationship I've discussed with her, many, many different things that I've wanted to do. I mean, there was a point in time where I really wanted to actually go into music. Like, I wanted to be a violinist. Oh, really? Yeah. Learning new things. I know. Not even, it was when I was in um, like grade school. Like, oh, I played okay. violin and stuff like that. And so at one point, I really wanted to do that. And then, I don't know, I kind of just didn't follow up with it. So <laughs> that dream oh, kind word. of just disappeared. But, but were I, your parents supportive of Yeah, like, my mom has artistry. always been. Yeah, my mom has always been supportive of, that, of artistry just because she knows that conventional work, and as they've seen in the news, it's not the thing that will, like, make a livelihood anymore like in their generation they needed that kind of backbone but she's understood that she worked as hard in that livelihood in that space so that I can go off and like do what I want of course the essential that uh, the essential topic that's always come through is that I have to have an education like there would there was never a moment where like I did I've always loved going to school but I think it would have like 
really like I would have probably been on like her like worst child list. Oh no, if, for real. Yeah, if I didn't, if I was like, mom, like I don't want to go to college because that like, would have just would've... like I feel like across the board, whether you're an African on the continent, yeah, or, like, an Afri- especially if you're an African abroad. Like, oh my god, education isn't something we negotiate. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like here's let's modify the contract. Oh no, it's not an no. agreement. It's just a confirmation. Like you're going. Yeah, it's not like oh, are you going to college? It's like, like so, which one are you going I to? Know. Like, and even and that even brings up like the whole conversation of like taking a gap year and like yeah. why that might be necessary too but i digress a little bit what i will say is that i think the support that my mom has given me of just being able to be an entrepreneur and being able to just enjoy what i like make my life out of the things that I enjoy doing yeah. is just like a narrative that she's just stuck to ever since I was a kid. So, do you feel like this is because you guys have lived in the U.S. for such a long time? Oh yeah, versus You're probably I feel right. like my parents have lived. I mean, they've sort of like hopped around a bit, but they've just they're so culturally Afrocentric, just so <laughs> African. In like that might that be way the case. Yeah. I honestly, I'm gonna ask her this question and follow up with you guys. But I think that it it's a mixture of the two. But it's just a mi- mixture in like seeing what's happening in the news, like you know, with people like Mark Zuckerberg, and even like you know, she saw the rise of something of Facebook like come to pass, right? You know, because she existed in a time. I mean, a-, a lot of us, all of us, probably did too. But like, she was like a way older when like Facebook came to be, right. you know. So like, seeing someone who like dropped out of college, created something, grew from it, and now is like. A billionaire it's like really really transformed i guess for her like mm. what the narrative of success can be you know so i don't know i think that's like it's yes i can see there's certain things that she's very afrocentric about but i do also see that it probably stems from like living in the u.s and just knowing the types yeah. of crowds that i've always hung out with like i've always hung out with people who are like creative and entrepreneurial in a sense, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, I mean, delge in that further though. Why do you think your parents are so Afrocentric? Just so African in their thinking. I just yeah. think like, so context. Actually, I feel like we should contextualize just our upbringings and like what we do. Cool. For everyone who's listening. Cool. Who may not really know us on that level. I know, they don't. Know. Yeah, they may not. Um, so let me just start by saying I'm Bovo. <laughs> Hello, Bovo. <laughs> I've been alive for two decades on this planet. Um, I'm in, I don't know, I feel, this is gonna sound so hipster and so pretentious, but <laughs> I don't like to say I'm a fat. I don't really in. I don't really like calling myself a fashion blogger per se. You're not because, really a fashion blogger, though. Yeah, I feel like a what I do extends a lot further more than yeah. just like blogging. But also, I feel like once you put 
a label on something, you limit it. And I just never want to limit my creativity Ooh. and just like my ever evolving self. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just gonna say I'm an I'm a creative. Uh-huh. I'm an artist. Okay. But in a nutshell, what I do is I create content. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, that cold. See, she wants to cough on me. You know, you know. <laughs> Let me move over a little bit. But in a nutshell, I create content for brands, predominantly like fashion, beauty, lifestyle brands. And I put it out in the ethers for everyone to consume. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm just like growing myself as a human being into a brand I'm sort of at the very early stages of that and then I have plans of expanding outside of that so that I have like subsidiary brands beneath me okay you know so but I'll I will delve into that at another time (laughs) that's just that's just a a little bit of who and what future media mogul right I like that I really like that yeah, so I am none of those things. No, <laughs> My name is Aqua. I am originally from Kenya, but I was I've lived and was raised in New York City, and this is where I've sent spent most of my time. Um, I did a little stint. I don't even call it like education retreat or whatever but I lived in Canada for a year and that was cool in Ottawa don't go there ever (laughs) (laughs) but in terms of my career well as some of you may know I'm still a student at the new school that I've just always enjoyed networking I've done some internships with fashion consultancy brands in New York City and then I've always been involved in media So whether it's working for a magazine, whether it's writing, whether it's um, producing a like storyboard for another, like a a specific internship that I was doing, it's always been, it's always revolved around media. And so I haven't, and this is really like good for me to speak on because I haven't necessarily pinpointed exactly like what my role is. Like, I feel like it's just like, a unique bundle of different roles in one. And I guess it stems from the idea of like labeling something, like limits it. But not that I don't want to have a label. It's just very hard to define exactly what I do because I do so many different things. We're just multidimensional people. The future media mogul. Cannot be contained. Never contained. So, But to continue on what we were talking about, what what were we saying? We were talking about how our parents may, you know, have like different viewpoints because my mom has lived more in the U.S., whereas your family has more of an Afrocentric style. Yeah, and so also being South African, we just got our freedom like five minutes ago. So... (laughs) Literally, I was oh. born <laughs> the year that we got our freedom. So prior to that, yeah. all black people, i.e. my parents, were just fighting and struggling and whatnot. So the idea that they would get this far and then <laughs> for Bobo. me to fap about and be an artist, because that's just considered, you know, yeah. fapping about. Yeah. It's just like beyond them. I know. But also because they're like old school traditional, they don't really yeah. understand like what 
I don't know. I just feel like they're very far removed from my world. Okay. And so I can see where they are coming from, but it's a lot harder for them to see where I'm coming from because mm-hmm. my world is like non-existent in theirs, whereas mm-hmm. I vacillate between both worlds. Both worlds. And that's just mm. a huge part of being like an Afro-modernist woman. Wow. So do you think that you kind of embody Afrofuturism in that sense? In like the sense of careers? Ooh. I've never thought about Afrofuturism in a professional or career-oriented context. Mm. So I like that. But yeah, I feel like Afro the idea, I love the idea of Afrofuturism. Uh, but I feel like it's so specific to every individual. That's true. So I feel like, yeah, in a way I do, okay. just because I deviate from the norm of like what a traditional African woman is supposed to be. Yeah. And so in that way, yeah. I think it also it stems from like a lot of families even within the continent like they don't like i don't think we can be the traditional african women because we don't live in like the rural areas anymore right. you know like when i go to kenya i'm in nairobi like the city it's like hustle and bustle right. but there's still so many especially gender norms yes that's just like you're a woman so you must have children and you must get married and you must also provide Uh. for your husband but also (laughs) save him but also not be too independent and also also, have a degree exactly but also be cute (laughs) but don't be too cute because then you're a hoe but be modest but don't be too <laughs> modest because then you boring so be a freak in the sheets oh god literally it just goes on and on i and know on. and you're just left like the mr crabs me and like, <laughs> like what do i do <laughs> yeah so and honestly i feel like all of those expectations aren't just limited to being an african woman low-key yeah. it's just like being a woman full stop yeah the burden but yeah i feel like being an african woman like i don't know african culture is so rooted in tradition and history and heritage it is so it's hard to like step outside of that at the same time though i feel like uh, that heritage and that you know really i don't want to say that it's specific but that like i like those ideals kind of help us in a weird way because it's Ooh, like it's a thing it. it's the thing that unites us i know that a lot of the f- like internships for example that i've done i've been working with african women or african like afrocentric companies yeah and i believe i was hired because of the heritage and like the norms and the customs that i know of and can bring to the table right. whereas like becky with the good hair wouldn't be able to bring that sort of heritage and right. culture and norms, you know? So I. But do you think it would help you in a white context? So you're working in corporate America. So I'm working for Becky with the good for, hair. Yeah. Wor- <laughs> Becky with the good hair's grandfather. That's yeah. who you're working for. Yeah. Do you think being African works to your advantage? I think now it does. Because really? everyone is looking for that, everyone is being called out. For their lack in diversity like that is the but Afri- not black african like not african-american yeah african. i feel like and this is something that may or may not like a lot of people don't like this but i do think that when you think of the spectrum of like 
diversity, especially in America, they are definitely going to choose Tunde over, <laughs> like, you know, David. You know, like, they're definitely going to choose the African person because they just feel like that is something that is, like, the so it's so diverse. Like, it's so exotic. Like, is that wrong? Yeah, because of the basis that it stands upon. Yeah. But, like, I, that's why I feel like a lot of the, like, tech positions that people are in, like, they do stem from, like, African nations or that person is originally from one place and lives right. in America. So I do, like, I definitely believe that when it comes to diversity, like, when they are trying to diversify their company, but if it's just a matter of, like, oh, I'm competing against David, no, nah, there's no way that, yeah. <laughs> there's no way, you know? So... That's why I do think that a lot of Africans, and which I love, is that we're doing our own thing. Like we're being entrepreneurial and having like several tasks and duties at once. Is that like the best way to live life? Probably not, because burnout is very real. Burnout is the real. Oh, we we're going to discuss burnout. Burnout is so real. I don't think I've personally experienced like proper burnout. Yeah, but I've seen it, and it's like. Wow. Like, to a certain... Because, you know, I'm, like, an insensitive soul. So, like, <laughs> I didn't believe burnout was real. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, we should actually discuss... Like, why is that? Because I'm sure there's millions yeah. of other oh, people hell yeah. who are like... Look at this weak, fake bitch. I know. Like, you don't have burnout. Pull yourself up by I know, right? and get to work. I guess it, the same thing that I will fight for to the end of time, but heritage and customs. <laughs> you know, you're told, like, you shouldn't feel tired. Like, these are just the roles that you have to play right. in society. You know, like, we're kind of, that narrative is always shoved down our throat. But I think it stems from that. Like, if you think about the root of, like, especially for, and I say this for, you know, when I'm talking with, like, my friends of, you know, my black friends, my African friends, and they tell yeah. me, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, burned out. I'm, like, mm, like, are you really burned out? Yeah, or I do feel you? like it's one of those terms people use lightly. Yeah. Like, I've definitely been at the point where I just cannot get myself out of bed. Wow. Like, I can't find, I especially, I think November, I wouldn't say I was there. I feel like I was getting there. But last month especially, so especially when you're an artist, I feel like you go through stages where everything that you create feels like just absolute trash. Wow. And then you start reevaluating everything and you're like, oh my gosh, maybe this isn't what I should be doing. And then you just start, the crippling self-doubt begins and it's this whole, and then like you you just have no more will left to do anything. It sounds really dramatic, but it's like a whole spiral. Yeah, it sounds like a spiral. It does. It is. And so. It sounds like a churning, you know? Bruh. When you're making that pap and you have to like move it. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) I love that that's the metaphor. (laughs) But like, yeah, I feel like burnout is, I don't know, a deeper version of that. I feel like I haven't completely gone to the point where I just could not get out wow like somehow Mm. i find the will to get the fuck up out of bed (laughs) somehow somehow i think it's because you know you remember that you are not 
Kanye and you don't have <laughs> this type of money to just like chill for like a good two years, you know? <laughs> that F you know, money. That's part of it. That's for real. That's part so, of it. So, you know, when you realize like, oh, I do have to buy that pass, that Metro card, you know? For real. But this brings me back to the beginning question of like passion and purpose. Yeah. Because I feel like that's one of those things that you need to like you need to know okay not that you need to know it but it helps to know it because when you're burnt helps out, to know your passion yeah or your purpose mm. because when you're at that point where you you literally have no will to do anything yeah you have your purpose <sighs> so how do you know it, what your purpose is it definitely is a feeling and is it your passion Ooh. Like passion and purpose. That's what things? I always battle with. Like, there's a lot of things that I like doing, but do I love? Would I love doing them all the time? Word. No. You know. So I always just think like, is this something that I can continue for the rest of my life? Like, you know, when I'm when I'm in an internship or when I'm doing a task or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's always just difficult to kind of figure out, but. I think that you have to be, when you're in a task or when you're in a job of some sort, you have to maintain that passion. Like you have to find the passion of the like of the little things, you know? Yeah. Like I don't think you can be passionate about like the whole, the whole task at the whole time. Like I think it, it's just a oh, matter yeah, of taking, yeah, 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 the little things out of it, you know? And that's the, that's the thing that people fail to appreciate. And like, obviously, cause you know, you can go on Instagram and like see like your peers doing like what it seems to be like a million things oh and like gosh. looking beautiful doing it as well so Bruh. that can like kill the little passion you have <laughs> you know but at the same time i think that's where the passion lives you know it's in those like little victories yeah versus your i, I would actually argue that you have to pursue your passion mm -hmm. like it's actually i genuinely believe that this is a thing that you must do yeah for your own general well-being and sanity mm. because and i differentiate passion and interest like don't bother pursuing your interest because but then how do you tell the difference between the two i say you know your passion is something that you actually find like you are fulfilled like it gives you fulfillment Whereas an interest is something that gives you a fleeting moment of happiness, mm. you know? I feel like it's sort of the difference between joy and happiness. Like, joy mm. is like a fleeting emotion, whereas happiness is a state of being. Mm. So but passion, I feel like, will continue because it's, like, rooted in something that fulfills you. Mm. It's it's just not transient. It's not going to slip through your fingers in the same way that an interest will. Okay. And so I feel like because when you're pursuing anything, especially if it's creative, yeah, there's just going to be so many downfalls that if you don't have a passion... If you're not passionate about it, I can't see how you could find the will to get over the downfalls and like to keep going because you really have to keep going. I think it, I've, of course, I agree with you in that sense, but I do think that there's a like because you're not I don't think you can maintain like happiness is not something that you maintain like the whole time. And so like 
you have to find like like there's different levels of happiness if that makes sense so in the same way that i think there's different levels of like passion like you can have like you can be super passionate about like the company that you've created and like right. you know the role that you play but you're not passionate about like drafting 500 emails but that's what i'm saying so you can have like more than one passion of course but what i am saying is it's like like happiness is more so actually no let me not talk about happy we don't need to go down that, yeah because like, happiness road. is so <laughs> yeah that nah. that'll get loaded <laughs> but it's like those menial tasks everyone has to do i don't know like it's obviously like a part of it comes with yeah the territory of whatever it is that you're doing but you're not passionate about but, that Right, but you don't necessarily have to be passionate about the menial tasks because you have the bigger picture. And so you can get through the annoyances and the tedious things because you know that your overall bigger picture, which is what you're ultimately passionate about, like that's why you're doing all this shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I am not passionate about taking stats as a clause but I know that that was a necessary thing for me to ultimately become a media mogul slash like achieve my ultimate purpose mm -hmm. of like so what do you say women. to people who can't necessarily like see the passion in like the like in not that and I would beg to differ the fact that you didn't see the passion in the task. I think by n noticing that you needed to take that class for you for it to then plug into what you wanted to do in the future is right. like what I'm considering like like having passion in the little victories. So like not that you specifically enjoyed being there and taking that class or whatever. The fact that you would go whenever it was, show up like on time, actually right. be present was like a part of that like passion right but my passion for my ultimate goal yeah okay okay is what I, so basically what i'm saying is there's your ultimate overall passion and there's the journey of getting not that you'll like get there it's not something that you hold on to but there's the journey that you take towards your passion wait okay now you've brought, brought up so many questions one yeah. <laughs> what do you say to people who can't necessarily get over that hump of like finding that passion finding the passion for their ultimate goal in right. the like menial tasks i know that there are people oh who, are you saying people who can't find their passion like they just don't know what their passion no is. it's like they have an idea of like what they like doing and like they so think they have that an is, interest they think that is their passion no when so, you have a passion it is it cannot be contested it's not it's like when you and when you're in love with someone when you're in love with someone, mm. it's not like maybe I kind of, I feel like, you know, I low-key feel like I love. No, you are just enthralled by, like, you don't even know why. Like, you're just in love. With, and it's sort of the same with passion. Like, passion is such a fiery, burning, not saying it's like that all I, the time, constantly. Okay, I was just about but, to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying it's like, it's not really something that you could really because your passion is that thing that keeps you up at night you can't leave it alone you you think about it all if you cannot leave it alone it's your passion if it's keeping you up at night it's your passion if it's 
your greatest burning interest that's your passion you know i mean there's lots of it varies by individual yeah basically what i'm saying is when you have when you found your passion yeah you won't have to question that you found it okay you know we can agree to that but my second thing was what do you you need to delve further in what you mean by saying you can't hold on to it um so this is what this is gonna (laughs) gonna low-key be philosophical oh god i know okay but i just feel like you never you're never actually gonna get to the point where you feel like i've made it i feel like that's an illusion that society tells us you have to keep reaching for that and then keep going for that. You know, you go to grade school and then you go to high school and then you go to college and then you strive for that job and then you strive for the executive position and then you strive for the Mm C-suite presidential position Mm -hmm. and then you get there and you realize it was all a sham because... (laughs) (laughs) So Bobo's here to crush all of your dreams. (laughs) No, 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 I'm not saying that if you have a dream, like, don't bother pursuing it because, but, like, it's going to be a sham. (laughs) But what I am saying is that you'll never feel... I feel like we're taught to believe that because, like, this is how capitalism is run fundamentally (laughs) in some ways. But we're taught to believe that you have to keep running for this thing that you'll one day receive and you'll have it but in reality no because even a once you do get to that place you'll realize that it's 100% not what you thought it was like not even a little bit because in your mind it's so romanticized and it's like this whole other thing that's and so you get it and (laughs) it's not not that I'm saying it'll be trash but it's like whatever it is that you're pursuing you just have to know that once you get it it's not going to be what it was in your mind of desire yeah and then oh my wow i forgot what my second point was i have like five points going on in my head at I, once i will add in as you remember because i know you're gonna remember but yeah. i don't necessarily agree because i feel like there's people who've like you know they what what happens to the girl who grew up wanting to just be an actress and then she wins an oscar like i feel like that is a level of success that she has now worked so hard for and right has like attained you know like but what i'm saying she's reached is that pinnacle and this is also partly why I really wish and hope that every single person can achieve their wildest, biggest dreams so that they can realize that it's actually not going to be the key to their happiness. Because that's why I'm saying it's not a thing that you'll ever hold on to. Because also, at the point where you wanted to be your ultimate goal was to be an actress with an oscar yeah you're such a different person from the person you are when you actually receive that oscar so at the point where you receive it the grandeur of your dream is not the same size (laughs) and therefore the the way you had romanticized having it and the way you had been so attached to like receiving it that feeling The feeling of, like, desire versus the feeling of having it will always, there'll always be a huge discrepancy. Of course. I do think that because of the work, yeah. the space and, like, the time that you grew between having the the desire and then, like, getting it. Yeah, and then you get to that point. And by then, 
you want to, I don't know, like now the dream is to be a producer. I don't know. Like I, I think where I differ with you is the fact that I don't think that desire kind of like it's different yes but i think it's the same sort of tool that kept the actress who wanted the oscar going like i think it's the same like that romanticizing that again yeah. that desire whatever and like no that's they why it's would, good they yeah. wouldn't have the oscar if they yeah. didn't have that like I desire agree. for it right and so i think that definitely there's a change when they do attain it. But like there's been situations and I don't know if this is like just because of the person receiving the Oscar or not, but there's been situations where like they received the Oscar and then they didn't want to act anymore. Like, right. they, yeah, they got what they wanted, so they're done. You know, now they can kind of like retire. So like, what does that say? Like, I don't know, I think there's still like, like if you have a dream and you attain it, like, you can, if you still are alive and you've received it, like yeah. you can now kind of chill in a way, you know? Like I do think that there's moments in time where we do need to just accept what we've received and like chill. I mean, yeah, that's a great concept. I would love, <laughs> I would love to be like, wow, I've now reached what I, because as human beings, we're always gonna be evolving and wanting more and more and more. Of course. And I'm not one of those like extremist people who believe, maybe it's not extreme, but I'm definitely not one of those people who believe like we shouldn't have desires because we should. I don't think desires are bad. I think it's that attachment that we have to them. Like, oh my God, once I get this, if I don't get this, literally my life will be trash. Like that attachment Okay, yeah. I mean, of course, that's when it gets so negative. Because, like, what what happens when it doesn't happen? But I do think that if it's... I mean, even beyond that. Like, I think that there's a level of... Because I think we've all had experiences where we all wanted to, like, you know, we wanted to be class president and we wrote the speech. And then when we got, got up to the stage and people voted, they didn't vote for us, you know? And, like, right. you just have to accept the fact that, like, you were not... Shout out to Hillary Clinton. Right? You were not selected. Like, right. And some people actually vote, you know, some people actually voted for you. Does that mean that you should, like, completely give up on life? No. But no, at, in the same no, respect, no. I think that if you did receive presidency, now you have to, like, continue the duties of, you know, like, you can't just be, you know, you can't accept the presidency and then just not do any of the work anymore because you're not right you know so like i don't know i think it's just a matter of the desire is what keeps you going and right. whether you like get it the actual goal or not i think it's not necessarily about like the the romanticizing of it but it's just like the fuel that like can keep you going to like doing yeah, something and else. I, there i agree with you that's why i think like the desire and like working towards what you want is important yeah. because that desire will always like fuel you and that romanticized yeah. fantasy will always fuel you but it'll also cause disappointment because once you have it what the outcome will never live up to the reality in your head and that's just like facts of life always but that also boils <laughs> down to like passion dead 
but it's yeah i feel like bobo's coming for all of my like <laughs> ways of living and that's why i'm defending How? i will defend having desires and i will defend low no, key i'm not that, even like, saying that outcomes, you shouldn't have desires like your the outcome in your head can be like the outcome that you in reality like i do like i don't know i think i do i think that's my like whole counter yeah bit that i wanted to like figure out a way to say and i don't really have a proper backup for it but <laughs> i would like to believe that if if you can think about it then it can happen no i agree so that's not what we're disputing i feel i think what we're disputing is whether your romanticized version will be on a par with the outcome and whether your anticipated happiness yeah will, will be the same and okay. what I'm saying is that, for example, the person who yearns to get married yeah. has no idea what marriage actually entails. Oh, that's They true. only have okay. the idea of marriage. Because unless you are a married human being, yeah. you have no idea what marriage entails. So you can <laughs> only have like the desire and whatever it is, whatever yeah. ideas you've conjured up in your mind yeah. that make up those desires. Yeah. And for that reason, you'll get to marriage. And I'm not saying then your marriage will be trapped but I am saying it will be not what you expect it to be yeah. and then you'll you'll be forced to like reckon with that and that's why I'm saying not to be attached to outcomes is the greatest freedom of all time especially when it comes to your passion because you can pursue it and be open to how it's gonna reveal itself unto you without attachment to that one outcome that you have which by the way is already hindered by like but you see why perception. that like whole like process of thinking is kind of trash though because and it's like very yeah it's like it hurts if you don't if you aren't attached to any outcomes why would you even do anything what do you mean because why would you okay if why would you eat pasta yeah that is the chicken alfredo whatever if you knew that it wasn't going to necessarily like fulfill like it wouldn't fill you you know like you wouldn't be full even if you ate it like why like why would you indulge in that whole meal why would you go through the process of even no it's being attached to that one outcome that you have in your mind versus allowing it because when you're attached to something you're closing off the possibilities that it could be Versus when you allow something to just reveal itself to you in the multitude of ways that it can. Mm -hmm. Like now you're open to so much more than what, because you don't actually, like we are as humans, we're so limited by our perception that we cannot, like I can be like, I want to be a media mogul yeah. and I want to go about it this specific way. But that's because I don't know as from my human self the millions of ways that my one dream could be realized so i'm attached to this one journey of i oh, have to work at okay. this media company okay. and then from there i have to work my way up and then become vp but it could just so happen that i could run into wes anderson at a party yeah at one of my friends produces houses, exactly and then he gives me an internship yeah. and then that internship fails and that but then it all leads to me owning my own production company oh, what okay. i'm saying is the possibilities for how your passion can reveal itself or how mm -hmm. anything can reveal itself yeah 
is infinite, mm-hmm. but we'll never be able to grasp that because we're humans and we're so limited. <laughs> and so when you are attached <laughs> to true. like your your one human outcome, yeah, you limited, you've hurt okay. yourself. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm gonna so think just about like this. be open. Yeah, just be I'll open think, and just it. allow the universe. <laughs> To breathe unto you. Breathe unto you. Like, allow the universe to just be abundant. I think that's the problem. And I think this even stems from the first question that we asked. Like, how can you define your passion versus your purpose? And, like, the ideals and the expectations that come from family. Like, I feel like that journey, like, you know, you have to be a doctor. Like, you have to go on that journey. You have to go to med school. You have to follow that specific path is, like, super limiting it you know 100 and so i think in like totality and i think this is like the goal and i think this is what is happening on the internet for a lot of different africans like they're seeing so many different jobs like come to pass and like just their worlds are being completely transformed because they can see it and it's like become a tangible thing you know and i think that's what a lot of like afrocentric and maybe even outside of that, just a lot of families and people who are African need to see the tangible like rewards of your labor. Like I don't think that if you're like, oh, I'm a philosopher, like I'm a philosopher, and like you don't have any books to back it up, you don't have any awards to kind of back <laughs> yeah. it up. Like everyone in your family will be like, no, you're wasting money and time and you know and (laughs) like you're wasting and i just find that so damaging you know yeah it is to a certain extent but to a certain extent (laughs) but i feel like our generation yeah hopefully will move us past that rigid way of thinking because it's true not me i mean i'm not not me (laughs) but all of you having children i'm counting on you Wow, you hear the pressure that Bobo has just placed on us. Now we have to now we have to teach our children. But this does bring me back to the point of does your passion have to be your livelihood? I think, yes, to a certain certain degree. But if you're like and it depends on what your passion is, though. Right. If your passion is to walk dogs. (laughs) But you plan on living on Park Avenue. I think you need to reevaluate if your passion. No, you could do it though. You truly you explain could, to me, Bobo. You could be how so cr- in the same way that Kiara Ferragni. Who the who, hell is that? The, that blogger who owns the blonde salad, whatever the case is. See, I don't even know who this person is. But anyway, maybe but she's, she's a millionaire literally just off of posting pictures of herself you know but like who would have thought that she could ever or anyone could ever become a millionaire off of serving looks what (laughs) you can get paid by companies to serve looks not only to serve looks but to serve them and then receive coin in abundance more than six figures, fam. For serving looks. For serving looks. <laughs> so you're you're telling me that it doesn't I matter. I feel like you, tr- you can monetize anything. Of course, that is my slogan. 
wow, you're using my own <laughs> slogan against me. Oh my goodness. But, but I do think that there's limits to, like, I feel like then it comes to, like, if you enjoy walking dogs, but let's say you happen to walk dogs for, like, Jay-Z, you know? Right. Like, I think maybe you can live on Park Avenue. <laughs> but if you're walking dogs for, no, like... No, because your passion for walking dogs could turn into, like, a multi-million dollar walking dog company for elderly people and the demand is like booming and suddenly it's like a multinational you know like yeah you would be surprised at what that's why i say you must pursue like i'm so adamant about this like for me it's not even up for debate it's just like like, i think you can take like you have to take steps towards pursuing your passion yeah we have to be realistic like don't quit your job that's what i'm saying like i feel like that it has that connotation though like oh does it yeah when you're like yeah go out and live your passion like there are people who literally be like all right my dream is to walk okay so for me i'll i'll use myself as an example my passion um contrary to everyone's belief who thinks i'm passionate about fashion i actually couldn't give two shits about fashion my passion, wow. though, yeah, here to crush souls and dreams. <laughs> Brands, if you're listening, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Love passion, though. No, my passion is for women, liberating women and elevating levels of consciousness on this planet. But the means through which I do that is fashion. Well, the means through which I like pursue my fa- my passion for women mm. is fashion because a it's very easy to digest. Mm-hmm. I could decide to take on the route of being a philosopher because that's also like my third passion. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's not a very like easily digestible thing in today's society. Like we're a very visual society. When I think about my, the talents that I have, I'm a visual, aesthetically driven person. So like I can take this one thing that I'm interested in, i.e. fashion, and use it together with my talent of serving looks, <laughs> of creating creative concepts, like just putting together just imagery so I can merge my talent yeah. and my interests yeah. to work towards my passion yeah. for women's liberation. Yeah. Because in that, then there's the undertones of like image activism, yeah. feminist social commentary, etc., yeah. etc. Et yeah. But I don't know, it's easy to be like, oh, you're passionate about women, therefore you should go work in the UN Women's Aid Division, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I feel like that's also why I feel like that's such a narrow-minded way of, we approach passion and like career in such narrow ways, because if I was approaching my career in that way, mm-hmm. I would A, not be fulfilled, I would not be like using my creativity, intellect, intelligence etc yeah to, like it's full potential yeah i wouldn't be like self-actualizing yeah. i wouldn't be the highest expression of my own creativity all these different things mm-hmm. and so that's why i feel like you can merge like it's just mul- it's there's so many di- there's levels to this shit of course but i do think that if you're passionate about walking dogs i do think that you can have because then how come there's that whole idea of you have your nine to five and then you have your five to right nine? and that's what yeah. i'm saying right? yeah that's what i'm yeah. saying like i was doing this sh- i didn't drop out of college when i started blogging because i was like right 
this is what I'm doing now. Like, I did not know that a brand would literally pay me real US dollars cash currency to serve a look. Like, that was not a thing. Yeah, because that's unique. I mean, that's unique. And even now, right, but even now, I'm not like, okay... I've now monetized. I'm dropping every. I'm not going to do school. I'm just gonna drop every. Like yeah. no, I still have to. But I like, do think build th- that like the there's goal. there's like a lot of people who believe that when you say like oh yeah you have to follow your passion a hundred wholeheartedly they'll they'll kind of think that you aren't necessarily doing what you're saying because you still have the attachment to other like entities because you aren't fully well, invested like, in your passion but i am fully invested because no. i don't think to be fully invested means to pour 100 of your energy into one thing 100 of the time because like i'm a human being yeah and so i need to be doing other things like i'm still just because i'm in the fashion industry that doesn't mean i'm just like that's me like i'm also an intellectual but i'm also a whatever else like there's so many other things of i'm course. also a daughter of course but do you think like, it's fair you know? to say that you can't like i don't think you can follow your passion a hundred like a hundred percent wholeheartedly as a or maybe as like an up-and-coming or like do you think that you by even just following it to like one percent of the degree because i don't know i feel like there's a difference in like and correct me if i'm wrong there's a difference in like what you're doing versus what someone does if they're working at like i don't know they like they work at mcdonald's and then after their shift is over they like go and like take pictures and they like go and do photography like are they not following their passion no, I mean, they are. that's why you have to, like, be realistic and work with what you have. Because I'm not Kylie Jenner. That, so I don't have, like, $5 billion at my disposal to just, like, yeah. start up whatever. Yeah. And, like, pay yeah. to, just pay my way to success. Yeah. So I have to work with what I have, i.e. I don't have fuck you money. <laughs> and therefore, until the point where I have fucky money, I should be acquiring fucky mo- fuck money in order for me to get there. So it's like if I have to work a job in order to sustain my passion until it's a fully fledged yeah. thing, I know that at some point I'm going to have to like, this is going to have to be my main thing. Yeah. Not saying it might not be blogging, yeah. but whatever it turns into, like it's going to have to be my main thing. But right now, like, it can't be my main thing because I still have, like... It's like, I must make money so that I can buy the camera equipment and studio equipment so that I can shoot all my content. But at the same time, like, I'm also... Like, the intellectual grounding that I get from school, like, I need to be getting that, too. Mm-hmm. I also want to be getting that because like you know yeah no of course i i just do i do think that there's like a tendency that people tend to have like when they say that oh you have to follow your passions like wholeheartedly it's to like quit the nine to five and to like do that and if it works that even if it doesn't because i because and if you look at it from this point of view like i don't think 
like something like Microsoft and maybe these are completely different industries and so yeah. that's why this probably can't be the formula for everything but there's a certain degree that you have to trust in your passion and that's why right. I don't necessarily think that your passion can all the time be your livelihood be, be on the basis of what it is so like if you mm. want to be a dog walker you must be okay with the reality that you will be working other jobs to sustain that passion in the same way that Mark Zuckerberg knew that making Facebook was his livelihood and his passion, like his passion was combined into right. the livelihood. That's why he decided to drop everything and follow that passion because he knew it could be worth so much. Can right. that but same he rhetoric- was also in that, like, at the point where Mark Zuckerberg is dropping out of Harvard, like it, Facebook was basically like a thing. Oh yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't like I'm dropping out and then tomorrow I'm going to start working on this. Like no, you like you build and you build and then you get to the point where it's like, okay, I now have to invest more of my time yeah. into this so that it can self-actualize. But do you think that can work across all passions? No, I think every, like every yeah. individual, every person, okay. every situation is unique, etc. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I still do think that, I don't think, what I'm saying is, you don't have to like drop everything to do what you have to do. But what I am saying is, you truly can get to the point where you can monetize something to the to the abundance that you want it to be like i genuinely believe that regardless of what, of what it is of what it is okay yeah. no i def i don't think that at all no <laughs> no <laughs> no but there will okay we we can just we'll agree to disagree but right. yeah i mean i just i think especially because of the saturation of certain things like i yeah i do think obviously things change interests change styles change yeah i think one thing that remains the same though is the idea of knowing where to place your passion and like knowing that either you'll have to sustain it with the other work that you do mm. or you can go and drop everything and go full full like hearted into a certain task i feel like i like this yeah i feel like you like the only way that that dog walker can make his livelihood make his passion his livelihood is if he were to drop everything because then there'll be that necessity to make it a livelihood you get oh, what i mean like yeah, it's interesting yeah it's it's like as and i went to this talk i forget i think his name is like eric tom thomas or something like that and like he was like a lot of people aren't successful because it's not as necessary to them as oxygen like you have to make your passion if it is what you want to be your livelihood as necessary in your life as oxygen and that's the right. only way that it can be and, and that it can be your livelihood and i don't hmm. think a lot of people are willing to take that risk for their passion therefore yeah. not all passions can and will be a livelihood oh okay yeah Okay. Well, also, I like that you brought up, like, some areas are really saturated. Yeah. Do you feel... This just brings me back to the topic of competition. Okay. Do you feel like competition is a thing 
that hinders you a lot no yeah i think competition as an entrepreneur i think competition is the best i think a lot of what a lot of people just need to understand is that you can like everyone can win right you know like there's just certain and that's where our uniqueness comes in you know there's certain attributes that attributes that i have that another entrepreneur won't there's certain attributes that another Mm. person will have that i won't and the idea that I can't necessarily work together with you because like you fear that I'm your competition is just already a hindrance to you. Word. You know? Yeah. And so I I really and at in the same time I always struggle with it as well because I do think that, you know, you do see something and like you're creating something that's quite similar and you see someone else come out with it before you and maybe their reception is really great and like a lot of people love it and you you worry about how yours will be received but a great analogy that my mom gave me is that why is why are there like a million and one supermarkets that practically sell the the same same exactly you know and like more supermarkets keep opening different kiosks keep opening all this good like why would that even be a thing people to do if there was already like one version of a supermarket i also agree with you i feel like especially as artists especially as women like women are really told to compete against we are taught from birth you must compete with the other and sometimes i feel it boiling in me too like oh i I need to be better than her you know what i mean like do you ever feel like jealous or like or like jealous or envious what do you think plagues you more i think envy plagues yeah. me more definitely yeah because of you know we're now very like visual society so like people can see what you're like they think right. that they can see what you're doing at every single moment and exactly how you you know you are per- pursuing life you know in this very moment yeah and then you have that tendency and then i think what comes through is that you tend to compare you know even if they are whoever i don't even know like maybe they're taking that thing from like their fake house you know they went to some store and that's not even their house and they're pretending that the bathroom is there you know like you have no idea what the context of a video honestly things are taken or like where social media is taken so like you think in your mind like oh my gosh that's their house when in fact that's That's urban outfitters you know so (laughs) also that's why and I will say this every episode, but social media is not real life. Like Word. the way we compare our regular everyday lives to someone else's highlight reel. I know. Like no, 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 no. And I think because I'm so deliberate in like creating a very like specific identity for Instagram, it's so easy for me to grasp that this is not real. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're just on the uh, on the other side it's so easy to be like oh my god look at her she's thriving exactly and like she her and that's where that envy comes from yeah i feel like i also deal with envy a lot though Mm -hmm. maybe not jealousy yeah not jealousy but i for sure can feel myself looking at people like wow i wish i was there right yeah (laughs) i wish i was on that trip you know, to Cabo. <laughs> Bruh. I wish I was getting that award. I know. <laughs> but wow. And then from there, do you think that that's where that like 
and again i'm learning i'm unlearning so many things but do you think that's where these like perpetuated stigmas come from so like i know for me i've been in spaces or had conversations with family and friends various that like oh they got to that position because they know someone or like yeah they got to that position you know like they start to do this like you know like oh you know you have to know someone to do that yeah. you know like you can't do that if you're like how are you gonna do that when you don't know anyone you know do you think that's where these sort of stigmas and stereotypes um, come from that envy for me specifically maybe not okay because i just understand like i have a really clear and not just a conceptual understanding that there's millions of different ways that my passion and ultimate dream can be realized yeah so i know that even if i don't know wes anderson himself like i can still somehow create an empire or build whatever it is that i need to build mm -hmm. i can still somehow like affect women in whatever ways mm -hmm. like i just know that there's trillions of ways for me to do that so yeah pressed about what like one person thinks this is the only way to do that yeah but i still i still a lot of times i look at other women and be like, wow, I'm lacking in that area. Mm, that's true. I wish I wasn't. I or I'll that. just be I like, oh, if I was skinnier, this would be so much easier. <laughs> I if, know. You know, like, yeah. just all these different things. But then, we have to decolonize our mind. Do you ever feel like you're watching something, and I know I've been victim of this, or not victim, I've done this before. Yeah. Where you're watching something, and you're like, you know, if she was skinnier, like she would get so much further. Or like, you know, if she were, if she looked a certain way, Ooh. she would get so much further. Have you ever experienced I? that? I probably I can't think of a time. Yeah, which means it probably doesn't happen often. But I feel it probably. Yeah. Low key. I, and that's the problem. Like I Is wish that a thing you're, you grapple with. Not even it's well in the sense that I do when I'm watching. You know, like when you're watching a music video and you're like. Oh my gosh, wow. Because anyway, context. Every Friday, my family, like yeah. the ones that live in New York, tend to come over and like we all watch videos on YouTube. It's like, it's stupid because it's That's just... the cutest thing I, though. It's fun though. Yeah. It's whatever. But I did have a moment where I was watching a music video and I was like, wow, like this wouldn't be, this wouldn't feel so awkward if she was skinnier. And I was like, wow, that's such an evil thought to think. Like, oh, bye. Wow. Yeah, I was, that got really, I was really bad. I won't name it, the, who the artist was or whatever. Yeah. But I think that, you know, that tends to be a tendency. And that's how all of these people can go on YouTube and be like, yeah, you'd be better if you were skinny. You know what I mean? So it's like, who created that seed for me that's to even have? Yeah. yeah, to even because, have like, that Because, like, you're thought. so used to seeing this one image of, like, how women are represented. I know. Say, in music videos, and they're slim, thick, or whatever. <laughs> so now you see Gabri Sidibe in a music video, I and know. Like, but she's not slim, thick, though. And it's not her, though. <laughs> you like, will not perpetuate any <laughs> no. rumors. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sure that, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's so true. Whereas, like, that's why we need to be having Gabri Sidibe in music music videos so Word, that people I know. know like you can work and you can serve so many looks and still and still slay exactly and collect coins and collect coins that's the main goal honestly but yeah um to finish off though 
we should finish off i feel like with some tips that yeah, are relevant yeah to monetizing your creativity actually like the hows like the how hows. do we let's start monetize? with the how thing do we find the courage that has actually plagued pursue? us i think the number one thing is make yourself easily contactable bruh oh my gosh it actually kills me like it i'm just baffled it's okay if people make fun of you for having your email in your bio honestly you cannot give fucks exactly if you're here to monetize your passion you cannot care about an opinion you need to put your phone number you need to put your email you need to make whatever you want to be your focal point for contacts available to the public like honestly if that means you're probably gonna start getting some weird emails so be it if that means that people may or may not prank call you i doubt that they will though like no yeah but you have to make yourself contact because we've gotten in touch or tried to get in touch with artists for even afrolit and uh, (laughs) where's their contact information But it's like, you have to be shameless in yeah, the pursuit you do. of your dreams. Like, you cannot hold back. I know. You have to be fearless, shameless, ruthless. Okay, not ruthless, but maybe yeah. savage. Wow. You just have to be. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, though. No, no, not savage and like you're tearing other people down. But Ooh, like savage. savage like, sounds to me. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just mean savage like you are so, like you really give zero fucks about anyone's opinion. Like you are just doing you. Yeah. Like it like, doesn't matter if like Anna Winter said no. It's like, no, like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Like, like I remember even when I was, th- I used to be so embarrassed because i'd be posting mad i just felt like i was annoying and spamming everyone all the time and then i was embarrassed because i have my email address in my bio and that's like looked down upon i know it is and so of course people would ask me but who do you even think like who do you think you are that question of who do you think you are that is so belittling never trust anyone who asks you that question honestly who do you think you are and never respond. Just show them. Just show them by flourishing. <laughs> I like Truly. this. What's another tip? <laughs> That's Bobo? how I go about. Um, besides being shameless, you have to go after what you want. Like closed mouths do not get fed. I'll say that one more time. Just repeat it for everyone in the back Just listening. Just for the niggas in the back. <laughs> closed mouths do not get fed. If you want something, you have to show up to that building. Okay, don't no, don't show up. Don't show. Don't listen. Don't listen. I've done this before, low key though, and it worked. (laughs) But I just feel like honestly, if you have to cold call someone, and I guess in this generation that either means shamelessly sliding into a DM, shamelessly sending an email. Yeah. Like you really could meet with Carolina Herrera tomorrow if you wanted to. Exactly. You really wanted to meet with Raph Simmons, fam, you would find a way and you would meet with Raph Simmons. Or if you wanted that drink sponsor for your event, you just need to go ahead and email them. We honestly underestimate the power of an email like 
it's not a game. Fam. It's really never a game, and it's something that needs to be not that it needs to be taken taken so seriously. But it's just something that you have to do, and you have to follow up. That yeah. is the most important tip. Whatever you do, whether you send a DM, Ooh, whether you speak in person, if they give you their business card, follow up. I am so bad at doing this, so I'm, I'm also I'm even I'm giving this tip to myself. But just to follow up because they actually, a lot of people appreciate that. And nine times out of ten, that's how you're going to be the person that's selected because they see that yeah, you are you're consistent really about this. and you're not giving up and you're making the extra time to email them. I mean, I've gone on record to emailing someone like ten times. Like following but it worked, up, though. and yeah, it like, definitely works. Honestly, it definitely works. Which also brings me to the idea of fear. Like fear mm. will always be a fa- fear will always be a factor in your life. I used to think that if I kept doing things that I was scared of, I would one day reach this magical place where I had no fears. I still I've feel now, that too. <laughs> I feel that to a certain degree. I've now come to understand and realize that that place doesn't exist because you will always be fearful of things, Especially whatever when it that is. Fear is in your gut. Yeah, and it's like your heart is like racing. But the more you do face your fears, the easier it gets to like get over that feeling. Yeah, because you also have to realize that fear is an illusion. It's all in the ego. It's not actually who you are. That's true. And so whatever it is that you're scared to do because you think people will think you're dumb or you I think know. it's so real it's a valid emotion. right or like you're scared to fail like whatever it is yeah we have no time for that i remember i used to when i was starting out i used to like email designers to collaborate with because i needed content if i wanted to grow and a lot of people would just ignore me so I decided that I would show up to, and this was during Ali, it started during Ali Fashion Week. I would show up to like runway castings, pretending to be a runway model so that I could meet designers that I would eventually collaborate with. Ooh. And that's where I actually met like one of my first really big collabs um, that ended up on Afropunk. It was like my first actual like feature. But it also, it catapulted a lot of things for me. And I kept doing that for a while. I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> you know? Out here pretending to be... Yeah, to be a runway model. Like, I felt so dumb. Like, at a random runway model casting amongst a sea of girls who look like they eat two grapes a day. And here I am, thighs, <laughs> hips for days. But would you still, take the picture too? I would. I would do the whole audition. <laughs> wow. I really. W- I was there to audition. When I tell you, I would stand in line. I would walk down the runway, and then I'd like go and like meet designers and like you know. Would you have your business like, cards network. or would you just like? No, I had no business cards. At, like, I had nothing at the time besides my Instagram account, and I would just go and I'd meet and I'd get their cards. And then wow. I'd email like, That's and it guts. worked. That and then guts. I'd sprint back to class because <laughs> <laughs> still trying to get this degree though. Right. But I'd also look so extra walking into class in like six inch heels, <laughs> full makeup, a full face of makeup. <laughs> There's definitely. So it was people. just like so many levels of just me looking dumb. 
but it worked though and so now here i am <laughs> in new york know, in new york flourishing thriving it's awesome shout out to high fashion collaborations shout out definitely so yeah that just brings me back to my point of like you will feel dumb and you might feel like you look really dumb mm-hmm. but who will who will be laughing at the end <laughs> that is true and last yeah. but not least feel free to reach out like i think in this Word. age we have such a fear of like asking for help that's true and i would like to believe that you can share your idea like it's not gonna you're not gonna get it stolen like because you are unique and no one else can have or conceptualize the same thing that you want to and that's the exact same reason why you should reach out and like obviously be smart about it Mm. but i think you should reach out and ask if you know that there's a really good photographer that you like maybe they can't necessarily help you but they can point you in the right direction they can recommend somebody to you make that status that you're looking for a videographer make that you know i don't know make go to that networking and just ask like hey i'm trying to start this magazine like i don't know really the best way to go about it like you just have to ask those questions because it's the only way that you're going to get it answered honestly if you want something you have to take it like go and take it right that's real and then just this is the actual last point this is such an african, african goodbye. things we don't say goodbye <laughs> we just kind of hang up at this point no i'm kidding but no um crippling self-doubt mm. i feel like in whatever you're doing will be a factor mm. at no point in time will you not have to doubt whether you're doing good work there's some days where you'll feel like you are the absolute worst at what you do yeah. and you just have no idea why you're still bothering and then you'll get up out of that slump and continue and mm-hmm. maybe feel fine i don't think i've ever felt like wow i'm i'm great at what i do. i feel like i'm not there maybe i will i don't know if i'll ever get there mm. but just i don't know like the desire to be there mm-hmm. is what keeps me going even in like stages where i'm at four weeks of just feeling like trash that's wow no and all of those tips are real and valid and i hope they help you let us know if they help you email us you know i want to hear hear about some success stories i also want to hear actually i don't really want to hear but you can kind of let us know if our tips kind of failed you (laughs) real You can let us know. Don't blame us, though, because, like, yeah. you know, LOL at the end of the text. <laughs> Actually, I take no responsibility. Yeah, we don't really know what we're saying. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah, let us know. Yeah. So, yes, it yeah. is Afrolit. It is. We usually end with goals, but I oh, feel like, yeah. should we do goals or has this episode been too long? No, I think we can do one goal. Okay. What was your goal? Your goal was my goal saying no, but I yeah. believe that may have evolved from the last episode, but I feel like it has. Mhm. I'll say my goal for 20 2017. I know cuz literally 2017 is knocking. It's in 5 minutes. Well, for me, it's already there. Yeah, she's been 3 months <laughs> in. So, true. What is my goal? <laughs> Um, I'm practicing detachment, so, Mm. yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> is that a New Year's resolution? Yeah. <laughs> Low key. All Low right. key. All right. What's your goal? My goal, especially from this week, is just combating fear and not being so afraid to ask those questions, those really scary questions about, will you pay me? Or, yeah, or just asking any of those really, like, crippling questions because if they're that crippling, that means that there's... Hold on. Basically, my goal is to, like, stay away from people who have germs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> my goal is to just combat fear. Combat fear once and for all and say no to the tasks I don't really want to do. I like this. But, yeah, fear is definitely the first and foremost. So fear and detachment, these are good. I know. Thank you for listening. Right? We've done it. Afrolit episode three. Yeah, stay tuned. I think Happy for the New next Year. episode, we'll have a guest speaker come in. Oh, yeah. Let's switch it up a little bit. We'll have so a guest. Stay tuned for that. Have a really great holiday, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this. Word. And stay tuned. Yeah. Hashtag Afrolit. Continue to flourish. Bye.